0: Welcome to Iron and Ceramite, Librarius Omnis, where we explore the depths of the Black Library. Hello everyone, welcome along again to Iron and Ceramite, um, and this is episode two of Librarius Omnis, and we're going to be talking, um, continuing our series of the, the Horus Heresy, particularly book two, False Gods, and as per last time, um, I'm joined by John. Do you want to say hello. Hello. John? hello. Sorry,
1: I jumped over you there.
0: <laughs> no, no, no worries at all. And um, I think from last time where we, we talked about *Horace Rising* and it's it's really the introduction to um, the, the setting, the heresy, some of the key uh, protagonists. Um, in this one, um, *False Gods*, things really get dialed up. And it, it, yeah. if, if the first one wasn't moving along at enough of a pace, this one probably goes along even quicker. Now as I said last time I, I have taken the joy of uh, listening to it via the audiobook which comes yeah. along with, with with a nice handy thing in that someone pronounces all the names for me um, mm-hmm. but um, the other the other side of it is that it, 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 you know it, it, it's it is a slightly longer um, book but actually you wouldn't notice it because of the way that it barrels through at, at the pace it does um, and I think Where I hadn't read it in a couple of weeks and I started looking back over what what actually happens and some of the summaries, I realised just how much gets crammed into this book and how quickly it develops.
1: Yeah. I mean, I read this in uh, June or the start of July. So the last few nights after work, I thought, oh, I'll skim through it, make some notes. I mean, I think I've done eight pages of notes because just so much happens. It it doesn't stop. And the, the plot development here... I mean the first like you said the first one was hard hard to like keep up and, and squeeze into like an hour and 10 minutes um I mean I think I've done double the notes for this just for the amount of yeah. events that take place um and it introduces a few more main characters and jumps to a few more or it ta- it takes more of an in-depth look at some of the less main characters from before as well and they really yep. get more roles here um and just yeah I mean we'll get into it but just it really does set up for the next book and obviously yeah. what we know is to come yeah uh, touching on what you said as well i have been practicing how to say some of the names from this <laughs> book but i am going to butcher them uh i've already been pulled up on it <laughs> and i'm just going to keep butchering it so if i get anything drastically wrong like uh, just you just set, repeat it after me and, and I'm,
0: look, illuminate I'm, I'm, me i'm i'm all I'm, I'm all good like as i said I, i've had the, the pleasure of someone um you know, reading it out to me um, and pronouncing it their way. There's still, you know, a fierce debate, pages online, as, as to whether it's uh, Abaddon or Abaddon. And, uh, you know, there are various YouTubers that will swear down it's Abaddon. I've always been an Abaddon guy. Abaddon, but, yeah.
1: But
0: that's fine. Like, uh, you know, each, each to everyone's, uh, you know, their, their particular particular way of saying it I don't I, you know I think ultimately it's the story itself right and that we, all, yeah, we all exactly love it. I mean, <laughs> as long as you
1: as, yeah as long as you can sort of understand who we're talking about yeah uh, it doesn't really matter
0: indeed indeed unless,
1: unless it unless it does matter and then you can just send us
0: the abuse but well, of course like that's what the uh, comment section is there for feel free exactly. to to dive in there and and give us grief and uh, you know we'll happily have the debate <laughs> <laughs> Um, Right, should should we plough on? Yeah, I think we should. So I think what's interesting in this one is that whereas the last one was kind of in um, three different acts, so your your, your normal narrative structure, this one, and again, I suppose it's because it's packing so much in, actually Mm. has kind of four segments to it. Yeah. Um, And I think it makes sense to obviously start at the beginning and start where where we picked up. Um, But part one is really... We go into more details of, or m- more information on um, Erebus and, and he, his, his involvement in what's going yeah. on, um, and how, how things are developing. Um, and in this in this first section, it's really about introducing um, Davin, uh, or the planet, the planet Davin, or the system, the Davin system, and, the, and yeah. the moon, specifically the moon, um, and all of this is orchestrated by. Um, Erebus kind of
1: yeah.
0: moving things around and, and playing his games yeah. and like you know the, the the subtle whispering into the ear of Horace um, to kind of to move him towards this this encounter um, on, um, on Davin Dav- yeah on on, yeah, on, the, on moon the moon or Davin
1: yeah but yeah and, and even through part one he even though he's there he's featured more it really still isn't it's obvious what's happening. Yeah. But it isn't completely clear of how these things are happening. Yeah. Um, obviously, Loken's still trying to work out what's going on.
0: Um, well, but- we've got the fallout from the Interrex at the end of last book, right? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of, you know, now Loken is, is very much like his, his suspicions are up. He doesn't, he yeah. knows something's not right. Yeah. Um, and so he's chasing all of these threads and, and you kind of get the, um, the remembrances are um, more involved in this book than yeah. they were in the first one.
1: This one's really, everything from Lokin seems to be him sat with Mercedes and mm. it jumps between, he's, wor- he's like, I've been working out and sitting there toweling off and telling her the story or it jumps into the battle that's happening at the time he's telling her and, and everything from Loken really is his memory that he's telling to her. Yeah. Um, and that sort of brings her to the forefront um, and really sort of keeps us on track. Um, but you're also introduced to a new Remembrancer right at the beginning, uh, yep. Petronella Viva. From, uh, she's like from a wealthy family, and she's going to be the documentarist just for Horace. Yeah. And she brings with her her mute bodyguard, Magard. Magard. Who's a beast. <laughs> um, yeah, so that sort of starts with her getting ready to to be picked up or, or to travel to Horace's ship. Um, and she's all very very happy it's gonna it's gonna um cement her legacy essentially this um tale she's gonna spin of horse
0: yes indeed this is going to be like the uh the the tale for the ages the the romantic vision of this grand leader of mankind um or leader leader of the armed forces of mankind you know crusading across the galaxy and it's going to be her bringing it back um and at the beginning, like from her point of view, as I said, it is a romantic notion, isn't it? It's that kind of um, you know, this very spun out idea of the glory that she's gonna be able to to bring back to, to terror. Um yeah. and obviously we all know knowing how how it pans out that that's not not, <laughs> not, not, not how not how it works out, but you know, to begin with, there's there's still that hope at the beginning of the book. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh and then you jump across as well, um, to, we get our first introduction to the Titan crew of the Dysarae. Yes. From, uh, and that's, um, I think you start with two of the crew, senior crew members, Jonah and, and Titus Cassar. Yeah. Uh, and this is also where you first get the look at the, um, the pamphlets going round of the, uh, I'm going to butcher this, the Lectico Divinatius.
0: Lec- lec- Lecticio Divinatus. Yeah, I believe is the, uh, the, the 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 pronunciation that I've heard in the audio.
1: Yeah, and which is obviously the the papers that um, Keeler's been writing and spreading around. Um, yeah. And it's the first glimpse of essentially a, a, the begins of their Bible, really, uh, the first holy pages.
0: It is, and it's the it's it's that the, the reverence of the uh, the emperor um, of mankind as as a god, as opposed yeah. to um, you know. That, the emperor believes in, you know, the secularism. This, this there is no religion, and this is um, actually, you know, the normal humans. The, the humans of the, the, the setting are they can only explain this being as holy, as as a god. Um, and it's it's quite interesting that on on the one hand you've got um, the space Marines, the Adeptus the Start the starties, who are very much about Following this secular imperial truth, yeah, Um, and on the other side, you've got these these miracles that are happening, or you know, and they, they come on to happen, um, that are happening with with normal humans, um, empowered by, you know, the warp, the power of the emperor, whatever, whatever. Why you want to believe it? That kind of feeds into the idea that he is a divine being, yeah, and that you know, a normal person would naturally assume that this is something supernatural or beyond the realms of you know physical import. So it's yeah it does strike an interesting part of it because I said part of me is um I'm like yeah with the space means I'm like yeah, the imperial truth. There's no you know <laughs> the emperor is not religious. But then you read some of the bits that happen and you go like yeah if I was if I was like on the ground, if I was um you know Sinderman, if I was one of these guys, I'd be like questioning a lot of my yeah. My belief and my faith, because actually it's like everything that's put in front of him is like a, a demonstration of 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 this divine entity yeah and really
1: like they 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 haven't really done it yet, but as it goes on, they fight monsters and 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 xenos and stuff, and you think well surely like we we're, we're all doing this for the emperor if yeah. you haven't met if you haven't met him, it's just a whisper isn't it really so you're you're likely to uh Pick it up and think. Well, maybe maybe we're doing it for a higher purpose, not just for a man's a man's mission.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, as I said, it, it could be compounded by other bits and pieces for mm. you know other context that comes in with later books as well as um other yeah. you know other um, chapters. And I think you know it's it's important to tie that in with the fact that Erebus is the you know he is the first chaplain of the Word Bearers. He, yeah. You know, as a starter, he should be. Following the imperial truth, but for those that you know don't know their or, or do know their, their 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 law, obviously the word bearer is one of those chapters that was censured heavily by the emperor for
1: mm. for,
0: for maybe getting a bit too much on the uh, the religious side of things in terms of yeah. worshiping him as a god.
1: Yeah. So that and then I suppose that brings us up to right. So they they have been summoned to Davin for mm-hmm. for a meeting. Really, they don't really know. Uh, too much about it. I think, isn't it? They've just been told. Erebus uh, has has been there and said, "You guys need to come. Horace, you yeah. need to come here now. I've got some that's
0: big it. news." That's that's it. He's he's basically they've yeah um, Erebus has, has kind of gone about and as I said, he's pulled his strings. He's done his whisperings and he's kind of said, "You have got to come down here." Um, and they they convene a a war council on on the surface mm-hmm. of Davin. Um where where Erebus reveals why he summoned him. Um and it's because the planetary governor that was actually put in place I think by Horace many years ago. I think yeah. um, sixty years apparently yeah, has has um has turned traitor and betrayed yeah. Horace and is decrying not only the Emperor but also Horus uh, Horace himself.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and obviously Erebus is calculating this, he knows that this is going to enrage uh, someone that is as proud as Horace, and also knowing that you know if this was um, you know a place that had been brought to compliance by one of the other Primarchs, maybe it wouldn't be enough for Horace to go. But the yeah. fact that it's one of Horace's compliant worlds that has fallen out of compliance, Horace is like, I'm the war master, I'm the one that can't make any mistakes, it feeds back exactly. into that element, Yeah, I've got to go there and I've got to crush this. And so he gets... Yeah, you know, Horace himself is is angry and maybe isn't thinking as clearly as he should be. Um, which is what the mournable and particularly Loken Lokan um you know, they they Loken particularly picks up on this is that maybe it's not being as considered as mm. as he should be. He's thinking, I'm just gonna go in and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna crush this. And this um what's his name? Temba. Is it Eugene? Yeah, Eugene Temba. Yeah. Um who's the 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 planetary um
1: he was left in charge, wasn't he? To yeah. run it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's. He's. It, it turns out that he's fled to the this Davinite moon.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: And so, that's like right. That's where we're going to go. We're going to land there. We're going to crush this rebellion, and we're going to we're going to finish it quickly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and when they're on their way to the on the on their way to uh, Davin for the meeting, like, you still have the fallout where. The Mournival are still sort of not—they've not split, but they're, they're, the cracks are showing. And yeah. Lokin and Abaddon have got a bit of a bit of a wall building between them. And uh, he—and Abaddon is really anti-Remembrancer, like. He is. Completely. And he, he gets annoyed because he sees Lokin's talking to uh, Carxi or, or Carxay, however you say it.
0: And, uh, um, Ignacy Carxay.
1: Carxay, yeah. And uh, Lokan's sitting there saying, "As long as you tell the truth, that's that's all we've got." Yeah. And Abaddon sort of dismisses it, and he's and then Carcassay turns around and says, "Oh, wh- so what was that coin that you gave to Erebus?" And and then what's interesting is so it says uh, Abaddon went went for him, like went for um, Carcassay as if he was going to kill him, and Lokan had to intervene yeah. and, tell, and say, "Get out of here." And they have quite a quiet conversation where he's saying. Horus would have had you for that. If you had killed a man on our ship, you, that would have been the end of you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. We, do, we, we don't kill humans, no matter mm. what they, just because he's annoyed you. And it's quite a sticking point between the two of them.
0: Well, that, that's also a really important moment as well for a bit later on. So it's, exactly. it's everyone listening, take a, t- pin that in your head and remember it for when we get to get to a point later on because it is important like foreshadowing that comes a bit later.
1: Yeah, I, and again, more jumping back and forward because then you get the another the, another line where it's or another uh, chapter where it says uh, that Loken did seek out Erebus, mm. um before he left for Davin and and said about the things that he'd seen and and asked him questions about the warp and 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 Erebus said no, it's nothing. It's just stories. Don't worry about it. And Loken just didn't believe a word he said, and that was sort of their only interaction. But it sort of builds the seeds of loki knows that something's not right and he doesn't know why people are lying to him but yeah. he knows that Arebus is the key but he's,
0: he's just, obviously he can't, he's a shady can't dude see
1: what's going to happen yeah. he is a shady dude
0: he's a shady dude mm. um so as i said it there's it, it, a couple of bits that are really important there as you said is is it that there's there's abaddon who is uh, now defending Erebus, um, and clearly, yeah. you know that key, that coin is, is is part of it. And we know from the last one that one of the symbols of the Warrior Lodges is a coin that's passed back and forth. We know that from um, uh, the, the 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 guy that got possessed. Um, I can't remember the yeah. name of the, the marina now, but um, we know that the coins are very important part of this Warrior, warrior Lodge. And um, Loka knows this, and so he knows that um, Erebus has probably been brought into a warrior lodge within yeah. his chapter. Um and again, as you said, it splits the Mournival and it puts almost two figureheads in place as Abaddon and um Lokan. And and within that you have Aximund or Little Horace who is very close to um Abaddon and then on the other side you've got Torgadon who, although yeah. part of these Warrior Lodges as well, has always been much more um on not on the side of, but seems to have more in common and more time for, for Loken. So the more splitting into these these factions, it's no, it's not there yet. But no.
1: It, it, it... Uh, I think it helps because Togedon's, um personality—he he just isn't as serious. So he's not looking down the lens of "we're we're just doing what we got to do." He's he's much more relaxed. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps him sort of in the. In, in things to come, develop that bond with Lokin because he he he's willing to look two directions and and weigh yeah. it up. Absolutely. Um, and I think the last the last thing that happens before they get to Davin for the meeting is Lokin makes Carca say swear an oath of moment. Yeah. Uh, and say you are going to tell the truth. You're going to record the truth, and that's all we've got. It's the, it's all you can do, and that really sets it up for later on. He said, You're going to come to the meeting and you're going to watch, but you're going to watch Rebus for me and you're, yeah. going, to, and you're going to take note.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, really, really important moment. And I think the, the other bit that I, I couldn't remember when it happened, but I think it's worth calling out is at this point, the chapter is now called The Sons of Horus. So, whereas previously yeah. they were the Lunar Wolves, and I think it, yeah. I think it does happen in, in book one, so in Horus Rising rather than this one. But I, I know. I just thought it, it's uh, important to. I yeah, you're, it, it happens
1: literally. I think it's like the first part of this. They're they're in. Um, they're getting ready to land on Davin, and they're now the Sons of Horus, and it does say Lokin's like,
0: hmm,
1: sounds a bit, uh, a bit preachy now.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's an important thing to to call out is that now the chapter is the Sons of Horus, not the Lunar Wards, um, and you know. Uh, it feeds in, as I said, to that kind of change that's happening to Horace, uh, like the, this this ambition that's coming forward. He's he's like, you know, no, actually, I do need to change this because I am the War Master, I am the Chosen One. Like, it's feeding into that. Like, would uh, it's a good example? Like, would the Imperial Fists have been renamed the Sons of Dawn had he been named War Master? Yeah, probably not. Dawn's a different character. I don't know. That's one for one for debate, but. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it shows the the development of his his ambition, um, and then obviously yeah. they, they they form the spear tip and then land on um, Davin's moon with the uh, Titans of the Legio Mortis, um, yeah. who yeah. It, it's important to remember that name because that comes up in uh, future mm-hmm. books in the series, but um, we'll come back to that one. Yeah. Um, and a few of the Word Bearers are there as well. So it's not just Erebus yeah. a few word bearers, um, and they land on um, they land on the moon, and this is where we get the first introduction. And I know this will be chap- favourite part two, Plague Moon. Indeed, indeed. I was going to say that's where we get into it, and it, where we get introduced to uh, Nurglef, um which I know yeah. will be close to uh, close to you, John, as a as a, as a Nurgle player. Um and yeah. the first real view of, of Nurgle as an entity, or at least, you know, the, the 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 view of of the power that can be that can be had from, from the, the the plague moon, as it were, of the, the, the Lord of Decay. Um but what, what happens is on the way down they they get they pick up a ship's broadcast extolling the power of of Nurglef, um, which obviously you know we know we can read yeah. as Nurgle, but they're they're calling it Nurgly. Um, which reminds Loken about the Whisperheads incident, which is from heads. book yeah. one. Um, and obviously, they land into, you know, 60 years ago when they'd been there, they knew it was like a, you know, it's a, it's a forest moon. I'm not going to call on any yeah. Star Wars alliteration here, but, you know, there's Davin and there's a <laughs> forest moon. But anyway,
1: well,
0: it should be a forest yeah. moon. And what they actually land in is a, like, a stinking fetid rotting swamp complete swamp um yeah. and right and at it's the funny because
1: as they're going down sorry as as they're I, going down loken says this this isn't a good idea mm. like we've been here before we've done this and horace yeah. goes quiet keep going we're yeah. gonna land we're gonna do this he's determined to just crack on regardless
0: yeah that that's what really sums up that end of part one is that loken at that, that moment where he says to Tor adam and says you know, this is, this is very wrong. This is not, you know, yeah. This is, I've got you know, a bad we're...
1: feeling about this, Jerry.
0: <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and then we do get into Plague Moon, which is, yeah, as I said, that that's where, Yes. again, things start really, um, really, I, I said, I tell you, they really start moving. They've already been moving, right? We've already had loads happen in part yeah. one. Um, we're now to part two, the Plague Moon, um, and it's really about how the, the Sons of Horus, so the, the renamed Sons of Horus, uh, striding through this, this fetid swamp strewn landscape, the uh, Legio Titan, um, DSRA, um is effectively taken out because it can't see through the fog. Um, it, you know It's blinded yeah. by this, this kind of miasma um, that's, that, that's surrounding everything. Um, and it's, it's and
1: the um, Astartes are moving at such a pace that they start leaving the Imperials behind yes. because they're obviously more equipped and powerful to to crack on. So already they've landed, and within twenty minutes, it's all gone to pot. They're all spread out. Everyone's getting lost in the mud and the mist. Yeah, and that's when we get. I would say, not knowing really, are the are these creatures well? Jumping ahead, so Logan finds something floating in in the swamp, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, is it? Is this one of the traitors? Is this who we're looking for?" Oh, I can't tell. It's de- too decomposed. And as he bends over, in pure uh, jump scare horror movie, it obviously lunges at him and, and uh, gets hold of him. Yeah. Um, so thinking, what what are we? Are these going to be what we uh, come to know as poxwalkers? Or I think, I think that, that's how yeah. I read it.
0: I I think these yeah. are. You know they're the they're, they're the walking dead they're the the animated you know corpses of uh yeah previous imperial you know guard or whatever it is but they are they're definitely your uh your pox walkers from uh from our current yeah. setting so they are you know they' they're, they're, they're the they're the walking plague as it were um yeah. and obviously they all come that so they' they're being attacked by these you know pox walkers zombies um as far as the the the, the marines are concerned it's you know, like, what is going on? This is not something they would have ever seen before. Yeah. Like, it's no. straight out of, as you said, straight out of a horror film. Yep. And then while all and that's happening... it's just happening, shoot, shoot, shoot and stab. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. right into it. And while all of that's happening, as I said, the, the Titan, the D.S. Era, it can't see anything, but it does detect um, yeah. an aerial object, which it shoots down. Yeah. Um, it turns out that that is the uh, Petr- Petronella uh, Vivar's ship or skiff. Um, yep. And and yep. that so she she took that again. She was going against Horace's orders. She took this ship um, with a defender or, or a bodyguard, Maggard, to go and document what's happening. get shot down, and then they land in the swamp and and obviously get attacked by. Um, they get attacked by a plague zombies or pox or whatever we want to call them. Yep. And this is where Maggard, he kind of, so at this point we don't, we don't know much about Maggard other than that. He's this, this brute yeah. of a dude. Um, he's mute. He can't do anything, but we, this shows us how uh, from a combat perspective, he's quite yeah. formidable. Yeah. Um, he holds off all these, these, these pox walkers, this, this, this attack and, because of the burning wreckage, the sons of Horus are able to locate them and go after it. And I think it's this is where he gets acknowledged, or at least it might not be at this point, but after this battle has happened, he gets yeah. sort of acknowledgement from the Marines for his combat prowess.
1: Yeah, yes. So as you say, he, he's fight, he's fighting them off, and obviously beyond beyond belief. And Petronius just stand there, and as they're about to get overwhelmed, Horus comes and sort of saves the day. and He's like, "What on earth are you doing?" Or "What what are you doing here?" Like, yeah. completely against orders. If it wasn't for this guy, you you wouldn't have uh, survived. And he asks him his name, and he doesn't talk. Yeah. Uh, and he asks, "What? Why? Why won't you talk?" So, oh well, he's a slave, so we had his uh, vocal cords removed, which Horus doesn't like. No. Um. And then he basically talks him up and he praises him. And says, "You are a true warrior." Uh, and then uh, Maggard takes the knee and offers his sword. Yeah. To Horus, uh, and uh, without saying it. It's, potentially swears himself to Horace because obviously he's just been used as a slave and a bodyguard and f- from before uh, they landed uh, Petronella obviously doesn't acknowledge him as human really just mm-hmm. talks to him as trash so this is the first time he's been praised as well so you can just see his loyalty switch in an yeah. instant and I think even Petronella like is watching behind knows that oh I've just lost my bodyguard
0: really yeah. Yeah, he, he might bodyguard for me, yeah. but you know, if Horace asked him to do something, uh, it's probably going to go Horace's way. Um, but it, it, it's also like I remember thinking it—it it, it felt like uh, you know, as I said, we don't know much about Magus at this point, but it felt like a nice moment for him because it felt like suddenly he's being yeah. acknowledged again, like he's—he's—he's he's, he's got his humanity back, and it's been given to him by by Horace, who you know, and then again, yeah. it's one of those things that I think people like about. The uh, Astartes and and that martial spirit is that it doesn't matter who you are, you know, if you can fight, if you're a warrior, you know, everything yeah. else is is kind of uh, dismissed. It doesn't matter, like you know, you, you can be whoever you want to be as long as as long as you you, you fight the cause. And I think that you can be a brother, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's that's an important moment because it does it does shape what happens uh, further on in the book. Like
1: you said before, because of the, the flames, um, that ma- manages to give everyone a place to assemble. Uh, Loka manages to fight his way through. Um, we didn't mention it as well, like uh, Torgadon was trying to find him. And he gets pulled under by something completely different. Hmm. But you only get a bit of a description of it. It was like a one-eyed uh, monster pulled him under. He didn't even see it. It j- just got dragged under. But obviously, he survives, and they manage to regroup. And then they have to go and look for the, the ship, the Glory of Terror. Yep. And then when they find it, they say it, it it's huge, but it looks like it's crash landed and it's they say it's rusted and ruined like it, it actually just landed and died. Yeah. Um, so how the ship's sort of taken on sort of a, a nergly feel and has corrupted just by landing and obviously being um, under the influence of whatever's going on on the moon. So everything's dead, even even this ship Um it's not even uh, a natural material it is rotting away.
0: That's it. And it really it sets the scene here for um for like a very, very important sort of narrative section where they the, the sons of Horace, you know, they're they're gonna go into the ship. They're gonna, you know, yeah. this is this is where Eugene Tender is is hiding out. This is where we're gonna crush this insurrection. Um and like again, Loken is, is like objects. He's like, No, like yeah. are we sure about this? Should we be doing this? And Horace is no, let's just get this done. And yeah. like leaves I think it's Torgadon and Loken out the front to defend like yeah. the entrance to the ship and then charges in headlong um with, with with a few of his um squads.
1: Yeah, I'm just cheating. He takes in um Virulian Moy. Yeah. Um captain of the 19th company or the all, and he's got his uh, good friend, the EVA, who stays out as well. Yeah. Um, but interesting, before they go in, go, go, going back to um, just how Aribis, um really is the key here. Yeah. He, he's the one who says, right, we need to go in and sort this out. And Loken says, no, we don't. And then they sort of square up. And even the Mourneville, the whole of all four of them back Loken up. Mm. Uh, and then Horace goes, nope, we're going to go in yeah and, and then again, the bonds of the mournville just break because well Horace has told us to do it, so we're going to do
0: it yeah, and there's there's this as I said it it puts him in you know it's that continued whispering um, you know he's uh, Ere- Erebus is, is doing his, his game of Thrones little finger moments and he's, he's exactly
1: just
0: whispering in ears and he's uh, he's, yeah. he's making things happen and once they once they get into the ship um I think I think if I remember correctly, something happens It shifts, and so the squads get separated.
1: Yeah, they all get separated, they lose comms, and then more of the, the I suppose Poxwalkers start attacking them again. Yeah. Um, and because everything shifts, people are getting flung left, right, and centre, people are getting killed, and it says Horace got speared by some twisted metal, and then he, this is the first time he sees these plague monsters, and I like it because it says in the book, Fear was alien to him, and he didn't know what it was. But he did have a moment where he started to doubt his decision and think that he should have listened to the others. But being Horace, they crack on, crack on anyway.
0: Yeah, and and he fights his way through loads of them. And and what I suppose what we don't really have much of is that we're following Horace at this point, as you said, at that point of his fear, and he's fighting his way to you know the bridge where he believes. Temba's is going to be found, um, and obviously the squads are all are all separated. So we don't really know. No, I mean we hear snippets, but we don't know much about what's happening elsewhere until
1: yeah.
0: we get Horace gets his way to the bridge and he sees yeah. Timber, but he yeah. sees a vision of Timber that is entirely different to what he remembered when he left him, you know, yeah. to, to govern the planet years ago. Um, like he's you know distended, bloated, like rotten. Yeah. Version of of Timber, which I, I really enjoyed, like the description of it, and just seeing yeah. how the uh, the corruption had uh, kind of twisted this form. Um, yeah. And I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, I think you brought him up earlier. Moy um, had made it to the to the bridge beforehand. Yeah,
1: yeah. Unlucky for him
0: because yeah. uh,
1: he's dead. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, he and he and he's not just dead. He, he he's. Like been brutally just i think it was his his next step he's he's just absolutely just pouring blood like um Temba's just killed him, so he doesn't say how, but he's just finds the, the body of Moy is just there next to next to Temba, and he's just absolutely been brutalized, so he's obviously gone in to do the hero thing and try and take this beast down, but yeah. um didn't have much luck uh and that sort of breaks Horace's heart a little bit more because. He's like, well, this this timber was a, essentially a friend, yeah, who's now corrupted and is just demon spawn. Not that he would say that just yet.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know it yet. Yeah, and um, they they get into it, don't they? At this point, Horace is like, right, let's, I've got to take him down. Yeah, they, they get into it, and I think what I particularly liked about this this fight was, um, you know, Horace is looking at timber as like this distended mass bloated, weighted kind of um, vision. And you think, you know, a Primark is going to have no worries dodging around this guy and just cutting him down. And actually, when he gets into the fight, the movement, the speed, the the combat prowess of of Temba is is totally different to what it was when Temba was in his prime. Yeah. But also, you know, totally different to what Horace is expecting, which which catches him really flat-footed.
1: Yeah, because obviously the last time we saw him, he was just a man. Yeah. So he would have had no problem. And then now this thing is almost going toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. Well, it does go toe-to-toe with him. Um, but then he um finally manages to land a, fa- a near-fatal blow on Temba. But at yeah. the same time, Temba stabs uh, Horace straight in the shoulder with his weapon. Yeah. Um, and then as that happens, Horace feels extreme agony. But then sees something change in Temba and sees sort of essentially the evil leave his eyes, or yeah. change come over him
0: dur- uh, during the fight. Because I think it's during the fight. I think um, when it once he's sort of so he, he mortally wounds him, or he, he, he like uh, so Horace is wounded, yeah. and then um, the traitor governor or Temba repents as he dies, confessing that he gave in to the promises of chaos. Yeah. Which is the first time it's stated.
1: Yeah.
0: And like that's yeah. that's a that's a big moment. And he warns Horace, he says,
1: Be stronger than I was. Mm. Don't don't um don't be weak. And then yeah, he dies.
0: Um and Horace like so he there's a couple of things happening. Here. Like he destroys the machinery that's broadcasting this like, you know, power to Nurgleish message, which then effectively stops the the chaos spread but let's yeah like the other thing he does is he's actually mourning timber so he's yeah. lost of his friend which i think is important as well
1: yeah
0: and i think the other bit that we don't like we know about as reading it but perhaps haven't had much focus on is that erebus has already been here and you kind yeah. of realize that you go hang on he's He's already been here, right? And it, he knows what's going on. Yeah, it becomes clearer later on. Why? Yeah. But when you tie that together, you think, okay, there's a lot more orchestration going on here than yeah. just an insurrection led yeah. by uh, this 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 Eugene Temba, who is, as I said, repenting on his on a, yeah as he dies, and obviously that's Horace his friend again. He sees the the chaos lifted. He mourns his passing. He's not really paying much attention to the the shoulder wound, which mm. um, is bleeding freely. And normally, yeah. like with the um, you know, especially with the primals, but Astartes generally, it would have clotted by now. It's like it's, it's it's effectively a flesh wound for them. Yeah. Um. Yet it's still bleeding freely. But it's Horace hasn't kind of taken stock of of what's happened there. He's no. just he's he's mourning his friend. Um, the chaos corruption's been stopped. Like the fog's lifted, all of the yeah. Pox Walkers have dropped dead, and they they're carrying, um, like they're they're carrying timber out. Um, no, the, uh, Horace they, is they, carrying. They
1: they leave timber behind. They're yeah. marching out. Um, and what happens is um they start sort of regrouping, and Horace is telling uh, Petronia, who's come in about what's happened and as he's telling her, he collapses and that scares the living hell out of Loken and the Milnerville Um, Absolutely um, because he's looking really weak so they're thinking well how do we get him out without seeing Uh, and I think again and then this is what ramps up again a few things happening as well because from there it's, it's sort of full throttle of where they were trying to walk him out and not let people see that he was wounded now mm. he's fainted, and they haven't got a choice. That they 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 put him on a, a, a stretcher, or, or if they've got something big enough for him, they get him onto a ship, and they forget everything. Like the priority yeah. is get Horus back, get him to an apothecary. Um, let's let's go. And this is what's interesting again because they, so they, they land, and now all focus for the Assize is our Primarch cannot die. Uh, we're going to do whatever we can. Rumors are going round that something's happened on the ship, on the Vengeful yeah. Spirit, and everyone starts flocking to the the landing bay. Um, and then the start is land, and this is, goes back to the conversation between Abaddon uh, yeah. and Loken earlier, which sort of sets up some trouble because they get off and they're carrying him, and they just smash their way through the crowd, yeah. um, and not they don't they don't even try and party, they just. Smashing people left, right, and centre. I think it was twenty uh, odd people got killed as a result. Yep. Uh, and and Carcassi witnessed the whole thing. And obviously he's been told to tell the truth. Yeah. And he, I think his view of the Astartes was always a bit shaky before, and this just makes him completely, well, some uh, the Astartes aren't all good as as they as they say they are. They're just telling us what to do because they're bigger than us. Yeah. Brings out that sort of um, the feeling on him.
0: Um, Absolutely. And it's, as I said, that pin we talked about earlier to remember that point is, is this, this is it. This is like where um, you almost have like the human side of humanity and the astarte side clashing because um, one of the, so it doesn't happen here. It comes in towards the end of the, towards the end of the book but obviously one of the, the human elements of the, um, uh, the, the 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 war masters crusade one of the, I can't remember if he's the commander of the um, Imperial guard assigned to them um, uh, but he viruses, obviously, I think yes that's it yeah, yeah. wants to he, he wants to bring um like charges like he wants yeah. to... you know Astartes should not be killing and killing humans or people. And I think from an Astarte's point of view, they're like, this is crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. this is the War Master and you lot are all in the way. We just had to get through you. You know, yeah. it just so happens that they're like, you know, superhuman wrecking balls. So obviously yeah. them charging through is is, is not going to lead to happy humans. So... I think
1: he actually calls for Loken to be
0: executed as punishment. That 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 is very important towards the end because yeah. that what actually... I don't know whether he calls for Loken himself, but I think the. It might, maybe he does, but I know that there's a point where the Mournable. Is Mournable? No, it's the Warriors Lodge. It's the
1: Lodge, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's Vivaris arguing with Magglehurst about it. And then as they're saying that, the astropath, um, Mistress Singh, comes in and says, I can feel something's happening in the warp. Something powerful is happening, which. uh, Again, it's like, this is a, not a normal occurrence. And yeah. sort of. if you, if you, from an outside point of view, you, you realise, well, obviously, thing, things really are changing now. Yeah. But for them, they're still in the moment. Absolutely. Um, and then, so the apothecary is working on Horace and says, yep. I don't know how to save him. You need to find what did this. Um, you need to find what caused this injury. So Lokin and uh, Torgodon go back to Davin to mm-hmm. find the weapon. Um, and they take... Uh, I've already forgotten his name. Tybalt, take, Mar. Tybalt Mar. Mar, yeah. They take the ether with them um, to go and find the weapon. And while they're doing that, Horus is laying on his essentially on his deathbed and, yeah. and spills his heart out to uh, Petronella yeah. um, and tells him all his hopes and dreams and what should have been and what he wanted. Um and then elsewhere on the ship, it's mentioned that groups of uh, soldiers and crewmen are all meeting in small secret groups and, and starting to pray for Horace's recovery, and they're praying to the Emperor for yeah. the Emperor to save him.
0: So I think it was one of the, one of the points that they sort of made note of is that after the, uh, the Mournable had like, bashed their way through uh, the civilians, those that were kind of like lying dazed and confused and wounded in the, uh, in the hangar or, or the um, embarkation, embarkation lounge or whatever they call yeah. it. Um, they're being given out the uh, Lactitio Div- Div- Divinatus that's being given yeah. out um, while that's happening. And so that's another uh, mention of it. I think it's Euphrates killers doing it. So it's, again, it's it's feeding into that entire circular loop that there's, there's there's faith happening, like it's happening yeah. despite the secular um, imperial truth that's trying to be spread. But in 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 the face of you know the uncertain, the unknown, humanity yeah. goes back to to needing this this figurehead, which the emperor doesn't want, but it is whether he likes it or not. Um, and as I said, there was a lot. Like I said, we went through because obviously, Torgaddon and Loken do go back to the um, what's it called, the glory of terror, um, yep. to find, or to try and find uh, what had happened, and obviously Mars there, because he wants to see where Moy died. Yep. Um, but while that's happening, the Warrior Lodge is, is convening behind them. Now Tor Gavin would normally be part of that lodge, but yep. it, it's all convening without him, and obviously without Loken, who's he's not part of that lodge, um, yeah. and Ere- Erebus is now part of it. And he's saying to uh, this, uh, the Warrior Lodge, which includes Aberdon and um, Aximond, yeah. who are obviously the other half of the Mournable, um, he's like, Look, you know, Horace is uh, he's checking out. The only yeah. thing we can do is take him to this, this place I know on Davin yeah. um, that, that uses like, you know, sketchy means of doing things, but it might be out of saving. Yeah. And these Astartes who are like, you know, the occult doesn't exist, religion doesn't exist, but faced with their Primarch, like their father, dying, yeah, they're like, Well, we've got to roll the dice, we've got to try something, right? It's it it's gotta be the right thing to do. I kind yeah. of feel for them a little bit there, but you know that Erebus has said this is his shady shadiness coming out again.
1: Yeah. And they all fold really quickly to him as well. They they don't they really take do. long. They they have like a quick Oh, I don't know if that's right. And and the rebus goes, "Oh, go on." And they go, "All right, <laughs> then, let's do it." <laughs> and, and they let's literally, smile. yeah, they pack him up and they they start heading off to uh, back to Davin. Yeah. And then uh, at the same time, uh, Loken finds um, a chest. Yeah. And sort of, despite himself, he opens he opens it up and thinks, well, a weapon's supposed to go in here." Yeah. And I think it's just another one of the men. T- turns around and go, oh look what I found and then Loken that is the weapon that was stolen from the InterX. Yeah. and I think he, his world comes crashing down around him because he, he finally puts two and two together That is. Uh, and they say right we need to get back to that ship and, and sort this out we need to go and find Erebus and as they're doing that they see um, lights in the sky heading from the vengeful spirit to Davin and yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think that makes them hurry quite quickly to
0: try and catch up. It does. It, it's like it, it's a real like charge towards a, well, a, a cliffhanger, as it were, because you've got the Warrior Lodge have made a decision, and they're they're thinking that's the right decision. Obviously, it didn't take much for them to get there. And at the same time, you've got um, Lockin um, like discovering actually uh, the, the weapon that's wounded Horus is the anaphame, the anaphame that's stolen from the interrex uh, in, in the end of the last book that we know Erebus was uh, looking at deep in the holds of the, the vengeful spirit at the end of the book. Yeah. And clearly he's gone to Davin or gone to this moon ahead of he's given it to Temba
1: yeah.
0: right and gone let's uh, let's let's get this done like you know use this. And obviously, there are theories about the that It's this, you know, it's, it's a chaos corrupted blade yeah. uh, that's designed. You know, once it's been set upon a target, um, it 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 will it can't do anything other than then wound that target. If it makes sense, yeah. There's there's a whole theories about the Anathem, but all we know at this point is that it's now clearly linked Erebus to this. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder what
1: the time frame is from because obviously uh Erebus uh, was with them on the planet with the interacts and then goes on his little quest for a while so it can't have been too long no to get to davin and completely just uh, yeah. cross, um uh timber and then get back and then and then call for for help so I wonder how how long that actually took for this plague to take over the moon and everything to die out it couldn't it couldn't have been very long I don't think it's even been Years has it?
0: No, it feels like it was it was a pretty rapid descent into uh, into corruption.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I think the the thing that the, the bit that I think is quite interesting is that it's because you as the reader you know both of these things are happening at the same time and you're like oh yeah. god if only they'd waited <laughs> a little bit and Logan could get there and stop you know this serpent lodge occult mysticism that Erebus is yeah. happening on and he doesn't arrive in time. Uh, he finds like they they return to the landing ship they head to davin they arrive at the temple yeah um to find that the warrior lodge so not the mournable the warrior lodge yeah have interned yeah. Horus behind the doors that can only open from within yeah. and obviously he has a bit of a argument with the rest of the mournable and they split bang down the middle um abaddon and aximund on one side and and lopin and torgadon on the other um, with Loken, you know, going on to again, like he did at the end of the first part, in the, the end of the second part of the book, he, he goes on to say, you know, this is bad news, we're going to regret this.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. As they're arguing, um, like Loken and Torgon, Torgadon go to leave, and Abaddon says, well, if you leave, you're breaking the oath of the Moonville. Uh, and as they're arguing, um, I think it's Daxman points out that there's a reflection of a crescent moon in, in the water nearby. And he says, well, this is like the night you were sworn in. I think it's a good omen. Yeah. And Loken says, no, I don't think so. And that must be where officially the, the mournville's dead.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it, all, all that joy from book one uh, and just sort of the, the emotions of um, brotherhood. I think, yeah, that that is completely ruined there. I think that's probably where Loken just thinks, well, It's it's gone. It's dead. Things will never be the same again. Yeah. And then that brings us on to part three, the House of the False
0: Gods. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And uh, we've like we've um I think we've been going for about forty five minutes now uh, for everyone watching along, and we're only halfway through. So you can see how much is packed into this book, and and like again, you feel like you've already been on a bit of a roller coaster. Doesn't stop. Doesn't let up. <laughs> it, it keeps going. Like, we're
1: going back we're going back up now. Back yeah. to the
0: top. And um yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the in the House of the False God. I, I did I did like this section quite a lot because of you spend a lot more time with Horace. Um yeah. and he's not, you know, he's not he's he's now been so you know, to summarize it, He's now being put into his position of corruption. So he's not corrupted yet. Um, what we learn is that this is this has been obviously this has been orchestrated by Erebus to get yeah. him into this position, to almost get him in front of the Chaos Gods or or whoever you know, however you want to call it, to have them whisper in his ear. But
1: yeah,
0: Erebus also knows that he's going to need to you know maybe need to help guide Horus in this you know, bizarre subconscious state. Um, it's quite nice, actually, because up until this point, you're like, Erebus has been this this dude that is, has been orchestrating things, and you think, I hope someone, could, you know, does something to him. And the Lodge Priestess um, does something unexpected. Um yeah. I think it was unexpected to him. I mean, it doesn't... Uh, it,
1: yeah, he, 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 around, it doesn't he says him, it a bit but... later. Like
0: yeah, he's not happy about it. <laughs> no.
1: But it's because they when they're when they're there, they feel they can feel a presence, and hmm. they realise that Magnus, um, for whoever he is, has figured out what's happening because obviously he's using uh, spells and magic against the emperor as well. Yeah. But he's doing it at this time. He's saying that Horace is about to be corrupted, and he says, "Well, I'm going to intervene."
0: Yeah.
1: And she says, "Well, Rebus, you need to do something. Uh, you need to go in and help." Uh, and and stop Magnus getting to him and as he's talking she turns around and just cuts his throat um, which kills him essentially um, but allows him to enter into Horace's uh, dream world
0: yeah Um, that's
1: it and whilst Horace I think um, really with Horace it's a bit like a, um, a bit of a game here because he goes into starts off in one place which I think is uh probably terror mm. um pre probably pre us when it's just um more nature than anything else. Yeah. Um, and then as things happen he, he goes to different places. But when he's here he sees um I think mean, it's a, a body laying on the floor. Yeah. Um and, and runs o- or goes over to it and finds out it's um the old um member of the Moonville, Sir, Janus.
0: That's it, Sir Janus, um, yeah
1: and he goes over and thinks he's dead, but and then he's elated because Sejanus turns around and talks to him, um, and sort of puts Horace off guard in a way, because he's just obviously he's just takes his emotion of seeing his old friend back and alive. Yeah, and sort of lets that sort of lead him for a while. Um, yeah, he's, he's
0: he's overjoyed, isn't he? Like as I said, we know that you know at this point Sejanus, you know, it's actually Erebus who's Taken the form of Sejanus, and is um, is, is, to, is is also encouraging him to flee from um, the this this wolf or these wolves that uh, yeah. Horace keeps seeing, which we later find out is actually that's Magnus. That's what Magnus yeah. is. He's he's taken the form of a wolf, you know, whether it's because of the lunar wolves and you know stuff like that to try and illustrate to uh, Horace, you know, like
1: yeah.
0: getting back in touch with. Um, you know what he needs to do, and to be strong, and to not um, fall into this 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 realm of temptation. Um, yeah. You know, an- another one for the hashtag Magnus did nothing wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's 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 interesting that like you know you've you've got this this battle going on in the head of Horace, effectively in this spirit realm or whatever, um, mm-hmm. where you've got Erebus as Sejanus giving yeah. him you know whispering to him. And then you've got Magnus, who at this point, Magnus hasn't been involved at all. No. Like, this is like what? What? Magnus just turns up, yeah. um, and you get to you get a little bit of an understanding of, of 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 Magnus as you know a concerned brother, someone that has this 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 you know the witch like power. Um, but we don't really hear much more of Magnus. It's a bit of a strange. Not really. I mean, it's needed. Yeah. It's needed. But for the uninitiated, the uninitiated, someone who wouldn't know anything, they'd be like who's this Magnus dude? Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting that they they drop him in there. He does feel a little device-like, but yeah. I think it's needed.
1: Yeah, um, especially uh, level. I think it's like level four or five when it's, when this sort of comes to a conclusion. Mm, mm. Um, and uh, he's sort of saying to him, "Oh, Sir so Janus is saying, right, you should just just accept the warp uh, into yeah. your heart that it'll bring you some." It'll, it'll make everything right. It'll bring you some power. And then because uh, Magnus the wolf is coming, he says, we need to go through this gateway to escape. It's the only way. Yeah. Uh, and Horus sort of gives in and, and goes with him. Uh, and then th- this is where I think uh, probably the level that almost has the most effects because they land on a shrine world, yeah. which is probably somewhere in the future. Um, and they see um, a, a big statue of the emperor Surrounded by other statues of the prime marks, but not all of them, um, only um, certain ones. Uh, and he and Horace isn't one of them. I, I think it's Sanguinius, Rogel Dawn, yeah. uh, the Lion, uh, Russ, uh, and maybe a couple of others. I can't remember off the top of my head.
0: Um, it's the loyalists, isn't it? The
1: lo- essentially, yeah, the, those who are going to become the loyalists. Um, and Horace just can't get his head around why there isn't a statue of him. Yeah. He he says, I, I'm i the chosen one. I'm the war master. I'm his favourite son. Why wouldn't there be a statue of me?
0: Yeah, it's interesting as well because it, they're showing him. How it's, it's, it's also interesting for, you know, it, it's a good reflection of where we are today with like media and stuff like that is that if you only see a small sliver of something, you can easily warp your your feelings and stuff and that that's what's happened to Horace he's he's not seeing the full picture he doesn't yeah. know how how things have got to this stage he doesn't know what actions or events happened to you know to have this future which he doesn't know is the future but like he doesn't yeah. know what what's happening here he doesn't know the events that have happened to get there what we know is the events that, that have happened to get there is exactly what's happening now but Horace doesn't know that and he's like well if i'm gonna if i'm gonna stop this if i'm gonna you know intervene and and stop the the emperor from you know from being this 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 god yeah um I'm gonna need to rebel against him and that that's that's sowing the seeds in his head. What I think is interesting as well is that i i think it might be the next level it might be this level they are in but where they show him the uh like the the laboratory and the scattering uh, of the yeah, that's
1: the next level. Because uh, yeah. Horus is so angry and so upset, and Sejanus says, "Let's go, let's let's go, let's go through this doorway." Yeah, yeah. and then they wind up in the lab, don't they?
0: Yeah, um, and and it's revealed because this is the point where I think it's really pivotal because it, it's it's revealed that the Emperor did or has had deals or dealings with Chaos entities before to create the Primarchs in the first place. Yeah. Um, and suddenly there's, there's you know, from Uh, confused and angry um, Horace is seeing all of this hypocrisy. He's seen the emperor as a god, and he's like, hang on, because one of the bits they say is like the emperor, he's going to leave his sons and ascend to godhood, and he's like, well, hang on, he's already left us. So obviously he's now trying to be a god, which goes against the secular creed, the imperial truth that we're out here slinging, yeah. And then on top of that, he knows about chaos and has already done deals with them to create us. So all yeah. of this is seeding stuff in Horace's head where he's like, Chaos can't be that bad then. Um yeah. you know, and that's like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, we're 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 heading down a, a not call cool road. Um, <laughs> no. to
1: Horace. Yeah, he's taking the wrong lessons. Yeah. Um but also the Emperor sort of uh yeah, because this is obviously um Still being twisted by what Aribus wants him to see, mm. um, but also sort of shows that the emperor should have just at some point been this is this is the actual plan, um, yeah. and, and maybe set him down, set, sat him on his knee and told him some truth. And maybe we yeah. wouldn't be in this boat.
0: There's, defi- there's definitely errors that a lot of people, a lot of the, the key pivotal people, have made here. It's like you know, the emperor believing that his sons would follow his words without question, yeah, um. You know, if he, if he'd, because that's ultimately what it is, right? It's the humanity in the primates that leads to their downfall. Yeah. Um, and if he'd gone and, as I said, sat them down and talked to them or even just Horace, then it would have been enough to, to keep this from happening. And, and likewise, you know, you look at Magnus and this comes in the future as well. Like, you know, if, if the Emperor, again, had spoken to Magnus, then there's whole bits and pieces that could have changed because Magnus, is, he shouldn't be dabbling in the warp. Um, yeah. He's already been told off for that. We find this out later. But, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, you could argue either side to say the Emperor was wrong because he didn't do this. And then, well, yeah. no, but the Primarchs are wrong because they just didn't unquestioningly follow what the Emperor had set yeah. out. And if they had done, it would have been all right. But then, likewise, yeah. if the Emperor just said, you know, chill out, Horace. it's okay, this is what's going on, Horace would have been like, okay, cool, right?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. But and then it comes down to ego because they mention all the time through this the first two books that not everyone was happy that Horace got elected to War Master. Indeed, because everyone thinks they could have done it better. Yeah, it should have been them. So there's obviously between twenty brothers, this is going to be ego. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Way to fall out. And um, I suppose Horace's ha- ego has been risen because of the position he's been given, and then yeah. to see oh, wow, well, I am the be-all and end-all, but I don't get a statue. Yeah. Uh, and then to top it off, he go, gets to find out where he was born in a lab. Yeah, um, indeed. Yeah, but at the same time, while this is happening, back up on the vengeful spirit, a yeah. few key things ha- happened before. Um, so Loken gives the apothecary the anaphane, to, and he says, you study this and look after it, um, figure out what we can do with it. And he goes to Cinderman, and they do a bit of research about the um, the serpent, serpent lodge. lodge. Yeah. Um, and they try, and he gives him some books to start reading. And I'm going to go back down and, uh, and sort things out. But you stay here and do that revision. They're talking about um, Samus and Satan, uh, mm-hmm. and they put the links to chaos. So obviously they they use the old mythology and the new mythology and tie things together. Yeah. Uh, and then on the last part, before. Before we go back to Horace, um, Carcassay meets P- Petronella and they exchange a few stories and, and papers and things. And he tells her what he's seen and she tells him what Horace has said, um, which sort of ties their fates together, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then and that's just sort of a lot of jumping around happens here because now things are all moving quickly yeah. uh, in sync with each other because we jump back down to Horace. Uh, as you say, who's in this lab Lab, um, and then um, some custodies arrive and tell him to get out. And he has to s- sort of fight those. Yeah. Um, and and I think he kills a few of them. Yeah. Uh, and then whoever, like the, the captain of the custodies is the last one standing. And then the emperor walks in, yeah. which completely um, uh, blows Horace's mind, I think. And he says to—he basically tells him off in a nice way. He's, he says you need to tur- turn from this path, and you're on the path to downfall. And yeah, stop what you're doing. Which you don't really have time. Horace doesn't have time there to sort of accept what's said, because as he does it, a vortex opens. Yeah. Um, and all the canisters start getting sucked up uh, into the—I guess—into the warp. Uh, and Horace, just before he goes, he's saying, "You can't let this happen. You can't yeah. let this happen." And obviously it happens and and horus witnesses it um which i think sort of again cements some hatred in in the back of horus's mind against the emperor because he's just seen how all this stuff's happening and maybe how the emperor has seen what's to come and just let things happen um which is leading basically leading to horus being in this situation where he's just not happy with what he's got
0: yeah there is uh, so it's a side tangent and one of those deep lore things that I picked up on one of the many YouTube videos I watch. There is a theory or argument that the the Emperor always knew that some of his sons were going to fall to chaos um, and yeah. that he also orchestrated it that it would be Horace because if, if Horace, if like if it was someone like uh, Dawn that fell to chaos then chaos would win. So it needed to be Horace. Um, right. I haven't got into it fully but there is there is a whole I can't remember which channel it's on, but there's a whole alternate Horus Heresy. Oh, okay.
1: It's,
0: it's it's one where Dawn has made the um, uh, the War Master um, up f- up front rather than the the Regent or the the the, the region of terror, but the, the Praetorian of uh, Terror after Horus. Um, and it's it's like this whole version where Sanguinius falls as well, and um, it's 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 an alternate timeline of what would happen if a different um if different Primarchs fell to chaos. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. I'll I'll see if I can find the link. That that's an aside. Um it just feeds into that idea of, you know, the the Emperor playing uh four D chess while everyone else is playing three D chess. So that's <laughs> yeah. the uh whether or not that's that's uh, how valid that is, I don't know. Yeah. But it's still There's
1: gotta be some some truth to it really. You yeah. don't you don't you you don't have all this going on and and not have some sort of plan. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Yeah, but then that goes into the again the tangent the theory that maybe the Emperor's a chaos god. But I think yeah. we're not far enough into we're, we're <laughs> only in book two. We're not far enough to start uh, conspiracy theories. That's just got scr-
0: scratch that edge just yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: um. I, I didn't, jumping around. So you've got um, the um, Titan. Um, um, worker, Kassar, meets Keela, yeah. uh, and they'll walk in towards a church meeting, uh, and they get jumped by a group of soldiers who obviously realise they're religious uh, zealots, and they, they start, um, smash her camera up, uh, yeah. and I think they're, they're probably going to kill him, and then out of uh, nowhere, Torgadon steps in and saves them, yeah. uh, and says, I'm taking you to see Sinderman, Yeah, uh, and say, basically saves them, and takes them up to the vengeful spirit, um, and then elsewhere, you've got Lokin back on the bench spirit talking to uh, the half herd Axel Yeah, of Cruz. course. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he tells Lokin that Viveris is going to have him punished for the murders. And I think that's the first time that someone challenges Lokin about it. Yeah. And Lokin realises what he's done yeah. uh, or the, the actual consequences of what he's just done, where he wasn't thinking. His only goal was to save Horace and he's yeah. just killed the people that he's there to save um, and then yeah. he finds out that um, someone's been putting out papers detailing it so the word has spread and he sees it and realises well there's only one person that's done this it's, <laughs> it's yeah. Um and he goes to Carcassay and he, I think um, he's uh, probably going to k- kill him himself at first uh, and he's, he's sort of waiting in his room. And then when he comes, Karkase comes back and I think absolutely craps his pants because yeah. Loken's there and he's saying, what did you do? He said, well, I, did, I did what you told me to do. You told me to tell the truth and I told the truth. And he, he sort of talks Loken down and Loken realises, well, it's exactly what I asked you to do, but I didn't yeah. realise what I was asking. Yeah. Um, and then he says to Karkase, well, you're now you're under my protection because the stuff that you've written is just going to make you so many enemies on this ship. It's
0: going to get you killed. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and you're right about the bouncing around. Cause as I said, there's so much to unpack that's happening in this, this bit. Cause obviously you've got that happening as well. And obviously after Euphrates attacked, um, cause of the Titio divinatus and rescued and goes to see Cinderman, That's where they start. Getting into uh, the archives and translating um, some of the Book of Lorgar. Yeah. Um, who is is another Primarch um, yeah. who we we don't get to meet yet. Um. And they go and uh, they go and summon a demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like out of nowhere. Like- exactly. And it's a
1: complete. Um, it's quite funny with the way it works because they're sitting there for ages. They can't work it out. And then all of a sudden they hear Syndra just just spewing words. Uh, yeah, and they're, and they're watching him, and then a light light appears, uh, in, basically in midair around them. Yeah, and this twisted um, de- demon of light pull- pulls itself out of out of this hole in the sky, yeah. uh, and starts attacking them. Uh, and that really and this really ramps up to to the religion, I think. It does. Uh, this is uh, yes, because the demons chase. Cha- cha- yeah. Um, they're, because they manage to like, so she manages to save Cinderman and dragging him through the um, the libraries uh, and just as this, this demon's about to kill him, they're saved at the last second by um, Mistress Singh, the Astropath, yep. um, who uses whatever the abilities they have to sort of hold the demon off and they're, they, they're behind some closed doors um, out onto a, a sort of a main gantry where everyone can sort of see what's happening. Uh, and as the demon breaks through and is about to kill him, uh, Keela says, Emperor protect us. And I think that's the first time that's mentioned. Does she have Does she have an Aquila?
0: Or does she have yeah, a little... Has a, she, yeah. yeah.
1: She has a, the Aquila. It's like a, uh, they don't call it that in, in the book. It's just, um, I think it's just a two-headed eagle that yeah, uh, well, she has right. as a good luck charm. And yeah, so she, she says, uh, Emperor protect us. And she sees that it makes the demon flinch. Yeah. And in that moment, she goes. She realizes what she has to do, and that's when she takes it from her neck and holds it up, and I think she just screams it, and it and
0: yeah.
1: Emperor protect us, and it just kills the demon. And it's as really, that happens, she passes out. And yeah, there's you so see, many
0: w- witnesses to it as well. So this comes a bit further. But she becomes known as a saint, right? Like in the ship and the people that've seen it, and yeah. this mir- miracle of, um, you know, this this human woman being able to defeat this chaos entity um, all through the power of holding up the two headed Eagle and and shouting or extolling the emperor's name to to channel the energy. And at this point, uh, you know, those that are in the secular side of Warhammer might be looking at it and going, well, no, clearly she's, uh, she's, she's just like a a psyche and she was just channeling the warp and and that's all that is. Um, And then the other side of it is like, no 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 that's that's the emperor's divine power being channeled so the emperor's seeing this and he's channeling his power through euphrates and, and the symbol yeah. of his realm and you're like that's tough if you're if you're yeah. a normal human again you're looking at it and you're going well you know yeah, the emperor protects right so
1: yeah i hadn't actually um thought gone down the thought of her being a but that sort of makes some sense
0: that I mean, really it, me. as I said, it, it could it could be, but like you don't you don't know like that that's that's the I think part of the beauty of it is you go is it divine power? I think I think it is, like I yeah. think it is, but at the same time you could you could say she's just a psycho, She doesn't know she's a psycho, and this has just unlocked her power. It just so happens that she's done it via the the you know the the, the sigil of the emperor and um by calling his name. You know that's. Yeah. It's it's an interesting one. Not, like I said, we've got so much to bounce around on, that, that's yeah. one to 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 mull over, <laughs> mull over, yeah. <laughs> Maybe on the podcast we we'll bring that up. Yeah, indeed.
1: Um, and then jumping again, we go finally back to Horace on the yes. the last level, where he's on his home planet, and I'm not going to try and butcher it. Um, well, I'm going to try. It's Kefonia.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you nailed it. Nailed it. That's
1: it. Hey, there we <laughs> go. Um, And that's when the wolf reveals itself as Magnus. Yeah. Um, And then Horace discovers that um, Sejanus is actually Erebus in disguise. Yeah. He is just as angry with Magnus and Erebus at the same time. Yeah. Uh, And he says, I don't know how stupid you think I was. I knew that you was not Sejanus the whole time. Um, And I think... It's, he, he accepts what he's seen and yeah. uh, Magnus says to him it's not the future, it's a future you still have a choice Yeah. Mr Magnus, you shut up I will make my own decisions and Erebus is saying but it's the path that's going to save you mm. and he's just still angry with Erebus for lying to or trying to deceive him
0: so he's got, uh, uh, yeah, Erebus is lied to and he's got Magnus who he's not, he doesn't trust because by Magnus appearing there He's breaking the uh, edict of uh, Nikea um, yeah. where like they were said, you know, we won't use any psychic powers anymore. And so him, so he's mistrustful of both of them. And he's like, well, I've seen this. I'm going to I'm going to make up my own mind. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And yeah, well, yeah. We know we know which way it goes.
1: <laughs> and he says, yeah, he says. I've made my choice, and then we find out L- Loken's back outside with the with the rest of the captains, uh, and we find out it's been nine days that Horace has been in there, and then it says the gate opens, and they see Horace come out, and everyone's screaming "Lupercal, Lupercal," and sort of a happy ending if it was a book of three parts, because that's where that ends, um, and then we sort of jump massively. So this is the the shorter section, but it's the, it's the end and it's really telling now.
0: Part four is, is it's a short part of the book, but it's, it's where you see Horace. Like he's, he's now gone from this ambitious person that maybe is a bit lost. Yeah. He's got a goal. Um, and he's got something in mind and he starts, you know, his chess, he he starts playing chess himself and going, right, I need to take out this and this and this. And he starts being really Machiavellian in in his approach, yeah. and um, it's interesting because you've got that that really, you know, that the high spirit of seeing their leader come out and and alive and well and healed of his wounds, unaware that he's mm. you know he's now in bed with the Chaos gods and uh, yeah is 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 like going to lead Chaos undivided across the uh, the yeah. Imperium. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, as you said, we, we move, jump into part four. Yeah. Crusade's end, end yeah. It's very telling. Uh, yeah. And
1: it, we sort of find that, again, this is Loken telling Mercedes the events of what led to the war. Yeah. Because uh, I think it's after, because here we jump into a battle and, and behind, um, he's saying, it's, well, it's been it's been 10 months we've been fighting this war. And she said, but isn't this what? And he, he's sad, but she's saying, isn't this what you want? Isn't this what you're bred for? He said, yeah, but this is a war. We shouldn't be fighting.
0: Yeah. This um, is against the uh, Rishan technocracy, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. I'm glad yeah. you said it. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Um, and it's a really weird sort of um, start because you find out that they're, um, the people they're fighting, they're, they're an old race of humans that are obviously from the age of strife of... Uh, yep. found their way out to um, whatever planet they're on and have their own version of our technology because they say they've got they're really astounded because they've got Astartes armor on Yeah. they say they're in power armor but they're a shorter version of them um, they're, they're, but they're warriors, they're essentially the, this planet's version of Astartes yep. uh, called the Brotherhood um, and they're almost identical and it all starts with a bit of a shock because um, they land on the planet to go to um, what do you call it? The emissary meeting.
0: Yeah, the embassy. They've got an ambassadorial party, haven't they? And they're like, yeah,
1: yeah off we go. That's it. And you have got uh, Regulus from the Mechanicum's with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking to the leader of uh, of the planet, uh, and it, and they're asking, well, how, how did you manage to make armor similar to ours? And they discover that they've got um, STCs. Yes, I'll let you explain STCs. So
0: the the standard template construct, uh, which was, um, I think, in the age of technology, I go back before the age of strife. It was like, um, basically, it, it's kind of like your 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 kit that you would take with you. That this this AI or this this advanced computer has got all of man's knowledge and is able to build. Standard constructs from from these templates, and you could go on to any planet and be like, Right, um, we're on this planet, build us something that's going to be able to harvest the, the materials, and it would build something off of the standard template, so it wouldn't be far removed from something you might get on Earth, um, but it would be suited for that particular environment. Yeah. Um, and so they've got these SDCs now. The SDCs, um, they've been lost during the age of strife, I believe. I might be getting my ages. Muddled here, but they've been lost to to humankind, and so now in the Imperium, STCs are incredibly valuable. If you can get hold of one, it's it's incredibly valuable. It's got a lot of data in it, um, and it's it's something that can help forward technology in this in this age. And so the Adeptus Mechanicus particularly value these above all else. It's it's STCs are exactly what they're going to, and and you find out that because of this. Um, this want or hunger for these STCs, Horace has brokered support from the Mechanicus yeah. because he's going to promise these STCs to them.
1: Yeah. And then uh, then that's when the, the war really, or this war breaks out because they, they sort of say, yeah, we've got STCs. It's, it's our blueprint. And it says Horace steps back, pulls out his pistol and, and blows the guy's head off. Yeah. Um, and then Lokin's telling Mercedes that, yeah, they killed unarmed people because Horace told them to. And again, Lokin knows it, it shows that he's not really the hero. That when, uh, the first time I read it through, I thought he, he's an absolute hero. But really, he's, he's a machine where he's been told to kill, he's following blindly. And yeah. it's only after when he sits down that he thinks, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But it hasn't stopped it. It hasn't stopped him from doing it once so far. No. He, out, I mean, out of the out of his uh, his team, he's obviously the one with the conscience. But it just is a bit slow to uh, kick in.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it it it's weird because like, he does it under the so Horace slaughters the the ambassadorial party under the pretext of was it an assassination attempt, and just says, right, we're you know, he. He doesn't care. He knows they've got STC. Yeah. He'll get the Mechanicus if he, if he, or the Mechanicum if he can get the STC. So he's like, we just have to roll over these guys. Yeah. So I need, I need an excuse. That excuse will be they tried to assassinate someone or, or assassinate me. So that will be enough for most, of, if not all, of the uh, the Sons of Horus to to get behind me. I'm the leader. If I tell them we're going to take these guys out, we're going to do that. And that's where. Loken's still executing the war, but he's like, yeah. it's a war we shouldn't be fighting. So it's to your yeah. point. He's still doing it. Like he's,
1: yeah.
0: he's he's fought for nine months or ten months. Like
1: Yeah. And they're not Xenos. They're they're almost exactly the same. It, it, he, he feels like it's the first sort of envision of Astartes killing Astartes because they're yeah. so similar. Um, That's it. And then, obviously, so all this is going on and um, I don't know where Loken is at the time, but Toragon Gets uh, summoned to a lodge meeting.
0: He does, um,
1: and everyone's there pretty much except for Lokin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say, "Well, Vivaris wants revenge for um, the, the murders that happened when we brought Horace back from da- the Moon of Davin. Yeah, he uh, wants and we're someone. gonna, uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna give him Loken. Um and then this actually, so going from where." Um, Loken not being quite the hero we think it is, I think mm. really Togetin might actually be hero number one because you know, they say right well we're we're gonna we're gonna sit, give Loken up for execution, we need to kill um uh, we need to kill the commander of the army, and we need yes. to kill the, the remembrances that are spreading rumors about us and um Torgenden, again, similar to Loken in the first book, has gone armed and he puts a knife up to Erebus's throat as if he's going to kill him but he's, he's talked down by by the others and realises really he, he's not quite going to do it he just turns boat. around and says <laughs> <laughs> yeah but rather than joining them he says well I'm not having that and they say well you're either with us or against us and he just says I'm against you and leaves yeah uh, and takes and he takes his side um, which I think he although lokin has been trying to be diplomatic about it Torgadon he's just like I'm not having it uh, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not betraying my brother. Uh, I'm not playing your twisted games and forget yeah. forget it. Like my um honor is more valuable than on your on your winning side or whatever.
0: That's it. If you're going to give me the um a 50-50 choice, I'll give you a a 50-50 answer. There's no totally. there's no gray to it.
1: No. Uh and then again jumping again so you got Horus is in his command post and we've got um Khan Captain Khan of um the World Eaters yeah um, and it, and Horus is saying you need to get down to the planet and tell Angron to hurry up it's been 10 months and you still haven't sieged this um this last uh, fortress that's where the STCs are get down there and tell him to hurry up um and then that's where Again, he turns around yeah, and promises the SDCs to Regulus. And Regulus says, the power of the, every, everybody I have control of is pledged to you. And I will muster as much support as I can mm-hmm. on Mars. And everything I can have is yours for these
0: SDCs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Very important part of that. And then that comes in some of the books later on in the series. Like you're, I mean, you're reading Mechanicus now and you can see how it kind of fits in. that point of view i think the other bit that's quite interesting is obviously we get a lot more of uh angron and the the world eaters and and card as well like the first captain don't get to see much of him here um but like later on in the books you see more of him like he was the first of the world eaters to um kind of calm angron and actually make him their, their Primarch. Um, yeah. and he 's also i think he goes on to become the uh character called khan the betrayer um wow. who 's like a, a champion of corn um and he 's called the betrayer because in his whenever he 's like going in his like, bloodthirsty rages um he 'll kill friend or foe uh-huh. so <laughs> that's that 's where that comes from that's, oh, that's, right. that's the side we we'll look forward to that then yeah um but yeah he he at this point he's he 's someone that 's able to actually he's able to control um Angron to a degree and like direct his his power and his rage. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's why that's why Horace is like using him. And like I can't as said, I can't wait to read more about him because he is a really interesting character. Um and I think Erebus is uh is also at hand um or has some dealings in turning Khan as well. But we'll okay. we'll we'll come back to that. we we'll look forward um, to that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they, they obviously it's Angron. You've got to hurry up. Um, but Angron's on the planet doing his doing his Angron Do, thing, doing his thing, yeah, and gets um, gets buried beneath a load of rubble. Well, uh,
1: that 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 comes a bit later. That bit, yes, um, yeah. But before we get to that, um, Fulgrim arrives on the ship, of yeah, um, for a little visit, and he brings with him Sal and Lucius, um, and it. I didn't read anything into it at the time because the first time I read it, I, I hadn't gone as far ahead. Yeah. And it says that um, Lucius this time, he's gone from being the handsome man that he was, and this time his face is really scarred, Yeah. which will make sense in a couple of books from now.
0: Yeah, so he's, he's um, been self scarification or, or scarring himself, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. Um, and they also introduce their apothecary, Fabius Bile, uh, later to be known as the Spider,
0: yeah, love Fabius as well,
1: yeah, great um, character, yeah. And you get, just from overhearing conversation, uh, Loken hears Fulgrim say that the Emperor is unhappy and has dispatched Russ to uh take Magnus back to Terra, yeah,
0: um,
1: for, for telling off, um, essentially because he's found out that he's still using uh, the magic he's not supposed to be using, uh, and then um we have um the rest of the lodge members meeting up in secret uh obviously Lokin's not there nor is Torgadon um and they're sort of complaining about the sort of state of affairs uh and that's when uh, Horus joins um and they're a bit shocked but obviously he comes in and he brings Magard with him yeah. and says here's a good warrior he's one of us now you you guys can uh, show, show him the way of uh, the Brotherhood. Yeah. Um, and then he said, hard times are coming, but all I want you to do is swear your loyalty to me, uh, which they do. And he says, right, so what we've got to do now is uh, kill Carcassay, um, and we need to kill Vivaris, the um, commander of the army. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and they all swear their loyalty to him. Uh, and then you go back out to the deck as Fulgrim's finally leaving, uh, and he embraces Horus uh, and turns around, and Loken notices the shiny golden sword now hanging from his waist and recognizes the Amorphane. Yeah. He runs to the apothecary and says, "Where? In a bit of a Gandalf, is it secret? Is it safe?" And <laughs> uh, and then this, but this time the apothecary is like, "No, um, the apothecary came. He told me that Horus had given um, permission for it to be taken uh, for the Emperor's children." Yeah which obviously um, is just devastating for Loken because every time he takes a step forward um, to figuring it out, it's obviously ripped away from underneath him. And also yes. the fact that Horace knew it was on the ship yeah. wasn't, wasn't uh, leaked before. So obviously somebody's, um, they've got a spy somewhere probably, or yeah. Horace just knows more than uh, he lets on.
0: I mean, it could be, It could be a little bit of both, right? And then there could be, this could also be, you know, um, Erebus at play as well, and and all sorts of bits and pieces that are happening.
1: Somebody's seen it. Yeah. Uh, And obviously there was more men um, when Loken did recover it. There were obviously more than just the three of them on that planet. There was a whole couple of squads, so somebody is obviously a Lodge member. Yeah. Let's let it it out. Uh, And this is where we go. This is where we go back to uh, the planet for the final assault yeah uh, where angron and the uh, World Eaters are to lead the charge mm-hmm. sons of horus um behind them yeah and as we said before um angron goes through with the with his with his people and this almighty explosion goes up burying angron burying yeah. um all of the World eaters or a lot of them anyway causing the sons of horus to to Pile through and and get to the top and basically win by absolutely destroying the survivors that left in the citadel. Yeah, and they and and Loken sort of takes stock and realizes now we're just killing, we've won, but we need to stop killing. And they manage to him and Toggle and rein it in, yeah, bring everything back. Um, and everybody calms down and takes a minute. Uh, and that's sort of uh, where they say, Right now, we're going to accept your formal surrender. And, uh, Vavaris, um, and, it, um, all sorts of people are coming up to accept the surrender of, of the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously all, all hell breaks loose again, because as things are nice and peaceful. Yeah. Um, the, the ground starts to shake and Angron pops out <laughs> of the ground in, I would say, full berserker mode and just starts laying people out left, right, yep. and center again. Um, uh- and then, as the battle is raging on, uh, Loken turns and sees Vavaris, um, it's gonna be A big hole's just been ripped through him by a bolt of shell, and he's laying on the ground.
0: That's it. Um, dying. Killed um, by an Astarte uh, pistol, well, and a, yeah. a bolt of shot.
1: Yeah. And then, so the last, this last chapter sort of ties everything together now, because, and, it, and quite quick, because you have um, four big, or four, yeah, four quite significant events happen. Um so they obviously have the the surrender of the planet, yep. uh, and that and that ends. And then back on um the vengeful spirit, uh Magard visits Carcassai in his room and
0: uh yep.
1: shoots him in the face and, and so that's the end of him.
0: That's passed uh, off as a suicide as well. So yep. it's uh you know, again it's it's Horace also covering his tracks. Exactly. Uh, and then Horace goes to
1: uh, Petronella and finally sits down with her uh, and reads everything she's written. All of the stories he told her what, on his deathbed and yeah. everything that came before and came after. Um, and he says, oh, it's a shame that nobody's going to read this. Yeah. And then he snaps her neck.
0: <laughs> and that's, that's, <laughs> that's when you go, OK, he's, he's now... This is this is this is the Horace. This is traitor Horace. This is
1: this is heresy confirmed. Yeah,
0: this is this is he's now like he's not. Uh, callous isn't the right word, but he's he's single-minded and he's like he's not taking any guff on his, it, on his approach.
1: No, he he's clearing out any mistake he thinks he's made or any any mm. leak that's happened. This is time to to clear up. Um, and then we have uh, Keila in her coma, uh, with Mercedes and Sinderman watching yep. over her. And like you said before, uh, Titus Cassar turns it up and says, "Well, I'm here to see the Saint," yep. uh, which, starts the, which starts that, um, and that is again. So that's the beginning of religion cemented now. Yeah. Uh, which is so we've got the t- two big events we have. Two big no-nos. We have the heresy is starting and Horace is unbetraying the emperor. And on the other hand, religion started and we're going to worship the emperor. Two things that the emperor clearly doesn't
0: want to he's happen. Not, he's not keen on it. He's not keen on it. I think no. the, the, the saint storyline is, is you know, it, it started here. It becomes more important in a couple of books' time. Yeah, um, but is 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 a really interesting storyline that, that that plays out a bit over the next couple of books. I think yeah. um, the obviously you've got all of these events tying together the uh tying together the end of the book and the end of um you know Horace's rise to a point of you know going after this 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 um, heresy and you've yeah. also got um I think right at the end or towards the end Loken and Torgaddon deciding that they'll. Continue to fight the spreading evil in their legion um, yeah. until the end. Even though they kind of know at this point that it's probably going to be a losing battle, but yeah. they're like, you know, we're we're lunar wolves. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I, I don't know. I don't think they say it yet. But I think that comes in the, uh, the next one. But that 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 imagery, that that idea of you know, it's the legion above all else, and that they're going to fight to try and reverse the, the evil that's spreading through. Yeah. Even if they know it's it, it's not necessarily possible. It's
1: a losing battle, which is interesting, because on the other hand, Horus starts... Um, the last bit is on his command deck. He's got Aximand, Abaddon, Erebus, uh the Princeps of the Titan, and his hand-picked mm-hmm. uh, crew. And he tells them that the Emperor's betrayed them, and he's going to lead a rebellion against him. Um, and then he saw, I guess... Really, cleverly they here he sort of tells his plan, but actually he's just laying out the next couple of books because he says yeah. <laughs> um that the uh, the space wolves are going to get Magnus, but he's told Lehman Russ that Magnus uh is actually whatever Magnus has done, he's just ramped it up and said it's much worse. Yeah. And he said Magnus is not gonna survive uh the yeah.
0: space wolves. Don't don't go and bring him back to Terra. just go and take him out.
1: Just go and kill him. Um, Fulgrim's on his way to get Ferris Manus to join the calls because Fulgrim's yep. already on uh, on side. Uh, he tells him Logar's already on side, which is probably obvious because of what Erebus has been doing.
0: Logar's uh, already, yeah. He's he's under he's behind all of it, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and and on that he says we're going to send em- for the rest of the legions. We're going to send emissaries out uh, to start lodges uh, and spread the word, much as what yeah. has happened here. And then I think he says uh, the, world bearer, the word bearers are planning an attack on the Ultramarines, um, which is coming up. And he's yeah. and then on Sanguinius he sent him too far away to be a problem.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then they sort of say, well, what about everybody else? And he said, well, that's where we're going to spring the trap. Uh, and I am planning to set a trap on uh, Istvan.
0: That's it. We we hear, hear the first mentioning of the Istvan system, and then you're like. Yeah. You know, for like anyone that's into the lore, the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Istvan. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And that's it. I don't, obviously, from the few videos I've seen before I started reading, it was like, oh, and the, the uh, events of Istvan, the events of Istvan. So, and then when we do get into uh, Galaxy and Flames, we'll finally uncover all of that. But, I mean, so much happened. In, and it's not, it's not a, it's not a chunky book either. Um but so much of the universe, I think, is set into the right into well the wrong direction just from that book.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, if if book one was an introduction to the Lunar Wolves, then book two is definitely the destruction of the Lunar Wolves uh, and destruction of that uh, is <sighs> as they were.
0: Yeah, that's it. It is. It is definitely that. It is. It is the yeah the changing of the lunar wars to the sons of Horus, and while that kind of while that's happening, um, Horus going from you know Horus Lupercal, the, uh, the the war master, to yeah. uh, Horus the traitor, um, you know leader of the heresy. So yeah. it's uh, as I said. It's it's. I mean, we've we've done at least an hour and a half on this now, and it's like. Yeah. I think we parts of it we've had to skim. Uh, that's how that's how much is happening. So it's yeah. um, you know it's, <laughs> it's detailed. Um, but next up we've got, as you said, it's Galaxy and Flames up next, isn't it?
1: Yep, that's next. Um,
0: so obviously the story continues from there. So we'll get to yep. get to delve into a bit more detail from that point of view. Um, have you managed to get any further in uh, Mechanicum?
1: No, because I've been doing. Uh all the other little bits and pieces around, uh, the YouTube channel, by the way, yeah. subscribe to the YouTube channel.
0: Yes, please do. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, i I'm going to uh, get read. And and the other thing is, uh, normally when I am reading is after work, but the last two days, uh, I took notes. So I, I was up to date on it. Uh, of course. and I thought it was going to take me a couple of an hour maybe, but I think I did three or four <laughs> hours and I've done seven <laughs> pages on, on word just of notes. So, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I will uh, take a little break and 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 finish Mechanicum, and I'll try and yeah. take notes as I go.
0: I've and got so- I've got Thousand Suns that I'm still still about halfway through, uh, which is interesting because it's as I said, it's from this book you get a, a hint of Magnus, and then by the time you get the Thousand Suns, you get you get yeah. a, a whole whole dump of it, and then of course there's um, the book that you've um, put me onto as well, Fifteen Hours, um, yeah. which I'm aiming to get read as soon as possible because uh, I think awesome. We'll, uh, we'll try and get a, a review up on that, the channel with um, yeah. maybe a few more of us.
1: I think, yeah, Dave and Tom. You know, Tom so Tom put me onto it um, early on, and I, I thought it was brilliant. He loves it as well. And uh, then, yeah, you and Dave have both bought it last night. So yeah. in the future, the four of us will uh, probably sit down and review that one, because it's only short. Um, but I think it'd be interesting to get all four of us to do that.
0: Yeah, excellent um, stuff. So a lot yeah. to come on the channel. So as, as John said, like and subscribe, share with your friends.
1: Exactly. Uh, and we're on um, everywhere Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we've got our Iron Ceramite Instagram, and we've all got our own Instagrams where we're uh, painting and displaying our armies. Uh, I'm Falconite Eddie, and I'm painting uh, at the minute, I'm just painting Death Guard.
0: Yeah, um, I'm uh, Adeptus uh, Mansfieldicus, and I'm um, trying to paint um, the last of my Blood Claw Pack, um, but it's taking a bit of time. And I, I am actually waiting on a shipment from uh, Games Workshop for some more undercoats so that I can get on with the Wolf Guard. Um, and then in between all of that, I'm, I'm splurging on uh, retro uh, board games from uh, Games Workshop's past, like Space Crusade. Yeah. Um, but I all of that is on there as well.
1: I saw that. We'll have to um, sort out getting a game of that sometime when we're oh, allowed definitely. to uh, be in the yeah. same room.
0: Absolutely. Uh, definitely yeah. up for that.
1: And then you've got Dave, um, he's painting his um, Black Templars and Tom with his Blood Angels and all the other bits and pieces that he does. Um, But for now, we'll say goodbye and we'll see you when we do Galaxy in Flames.
0: Indeed. See you then.
1: See you later.